Thank you for tuning in to the Springs Church Podcast. Here, you'll find messages that are powerful, inspiring, but most importantly, straight from the Word of God. If you're located near Tacoa, Georgia, or in Tacoa, Georgia, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy today's message, and remember, we love you, Tacoa. Right, the death of Jesus, the death of Jesus. Let's bow out and pray. Father, I thank you so much. Thank you for this word. Lord, I'm already full. I can go home right now. I can go home right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Lord, we ask you right now to fill this place with your presence. Holy Spirit, I'm asking right now to fill this house. Breathe upon us. Hallelujah. Breathe upon us right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, the death of Jesus. If you have your Bible, let's turn to Matthew 27, verse 45. Let's read it together. It says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out loud, Eli, Eli, lima sabatani, which means, my God. My God, why you have forsaken me. When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine, vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And Jesus had cried again. The life was, and he gave us, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rock splits, and the tomb broke open. The bodies of many holy people who have died were raised to life. They came out of the tomb, which is after Jesus' resurrection. And they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him were, who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake, all and all that, has, that had happened, they were terrified. Yeah. And his claim, surely the son of God. This is a, dis, this is a display of the power of the creator. In the original text, it means when the darkness came over the earth, it means the entire solar system could not function without him. In John 1, verse 3, it says, All things were made by him. Without him, nothing was made. Colossians 1, verse 16 says, For by him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. They were made by him. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Everything, everything that we see, everything that you see, the air, everything, the earth moving, it happened because of him. Everything connects with him. And all movement stopped. And not only everything stopped, the mocker's voice also stopped. Because before that, they were making fun of Jesus. They were mocking him. They were dividing his garment. Suddenly, when it became dark, 
everything changed. Can you imagine standing there and you were making fun of Jesus and then suddenly it's like somebody turned off the switch. All those mockers standing there and terrified. All they could hear at that moment, because I'm pretty sure everybody was quiet. And at this moment, as they were standing there, all they could hear were the drops of blood of Jesus hitting the ground. All they could hear, it was the drop of the blood of Jesus. Can you hear the sound of the blood dripping this morning? Can you hear the sound of the blood of Jesus dripping this morning? You hear the sound of the precious blood of Jesus. It was the sound of freedom. It was the sound of your deliverance. It was the precious blood of Jesus, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. In your theater of your mind this morning, as we're standing there at the cross, can you hear the sound of the blood dripping? And all and, every, and with every drop of blood that fell that day, your sin were forgiven. The enemy was defeated. Can you hear the blood of Jesus falling upon you this morning? You can be free this morning because of what he has done, because of his blood. And today I want to tell you, you can be free today. You can be free today. All you have to do is come to the cross. All you have to do is come to the cross this morning. All you have to do this morning, kneel at the foot of the cross. There's a whole song they used to sing. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. And sinners plunge beneath that blood. Lose all their guilty stain. Lose all their guilty stain this morning. I'm telling you this morning, come to the cross. Come to the cross this morning. Come to the cross this morning. Come to the cross this morning. Somebody say amen. His first word was prayer. His first word at the cross was prayer, and his last word was prayer. His first word was to his father. His last word was to his father. Do you see the beauty out of this? Do you see the beauty out of this? He said, Father, into thy hand I give you. I give you my spirit. At the beginning of his suffering, he prayed. And at the end of everything, he prayed. At the beginning of his crucifixion, he prayed. At the end of everything, he prayed. From the beginning to the end, he prayed. I'm asking you this morning, how's your prayer life this morning? Are you waiting until things are falling apart to pray? His prayer is part of your life. His prayer is your foundation. If for Jesus, prayer was the foundational thing in his life, what about you, a frail human? Do you pray in the morning? Do you pray in the evening? Do you pray in the afternoon? Is prayer part of your life this morning? If prayer was part of his life, what about you this morning? Amen. He said, Father, into thy hand I commit my life. You know, I know there's, you know, in the, in the culture we live in, because we don't read the Bible, people say everybody are the children of God. But that's not scripture. 
You know, you know, we got to talk about things like that. I always have to stop and give theology. Just don't give you sugar stuff because you need to learn the Bible. Amen. Just because we, we humans, it doesn't mean just because you exist. The Bible says you are a creature, not the children of God. Okay, let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the scripture. You have this? You have the, that verse? You have that verse? It says, it says, it says, but as many, watch this, John 1 verse 12. He said, but as many who have, who have done what? Received them. To them, he given the right to become the children of God. Amen. Let me say that again. If you don't receive him, you are a creator. You're not a children of God. Yeah, amen. You just exist. But you, God is not your father. Or you don't believe me. The devil is your father. I didn't say it. Ah, oh, ah, I hate to say it, but I got to tell the scripture. It's what the Bible says. He says, if you don't know him, and I know in the modern day we don't talk about that. It's blunt. It's make you cringe. If you don't know Jesus, the devil is your father. Let me say it again. If you don't know Jesus, if you have not received him into your heart, you are not a children of God. You are a creature of God. And you don't have the right to call him father. Let's go to the next verse. This is what it says. I think I have that verse there. It says, it says, this is what it says. 1 John verse 3, 10, because it's not my, it's not my word. Don't throw a rock at me. You know, don't text me. Don't send me email. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> This is what he says. This is what he says. This is what the Bible says. This is not James' version. This is the word of God. He's saying this, the children of God and the children of the devil. There's two people. Let me pause right there. Because I know there's a song that says we're all the children of God. No, we are not. If you don't know Jesus, you're the children of whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. I know it's hard, but we have to tell the truth. I know it's hard. It makes me cringe because I have family, I have friends who do not know Jesus. It cringes me. But we have to tell, we have to know this. That's why it's important that we share the gospel with them. Yeah. And the reason that Jesus, if you see the first verse right there, he says, Eli, Eli. He didn't call God at that moment Father. He called him God because he didn't have a relationship with God at that moment because he had to separate from God because who, who did not know sin becomes sin from God. It was a separation. At that moment, he only could call God. He could only call his father God because there relation. Do you, you catching this? He can only call God, he could only call his father God because there is no relationship. And the question to you today, is he your father? Is he your father this morning? If you're watching me online, the question I have to you, for you this morning, is God is your father. Do you have a relationship with him? The second thing we saw when he said that, Matthew 27, 51, watch this, watch this. He says, verse 51, at that moment when he cried out, he said, 
Father, into thy hand I give you my, my spirit. The Bible says at that moment, <laughs> the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. From top to bottom. The, this history said, Jewish tradition says, the veil was somewhere near 60 feet high. And early Jewish tradition said it was four inches thick. That means a human being could not rip the veil. If you don't know what the, 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 what, where the veil was, it was in the temple. Because some of us, we, we have church background, church, we understand that, but I got a lot of people who doesn't have no church culture. They don't know what I'm talking about. I said, well, Pastor James, what are you talking about the veil? What is that? So in the early days, the temple, the way the, the, where the Jewish people used to go and worship God, they had one location, pay attention. They had one location. They had one place they had to go and, and do sacrifice. It was in that location behind the veil. There used to be the Ark of the Covenant. So the high priest, the pastor in that time, and because I got to speak my, the language of the 21st century, would take the blood of a lamb and pour it out for the sin of the whole nation once a year. And beyond that, for him to go through that place, there used to be a veil that separate the holies of holies. So the, in order for the priest to come in, he had to go through that veil and go beyond the veil and pour the blood for everybody's sin to be forgiven. You getting this? Okay, let's go back. So the Bible says, the veil, which was a separation between the common people and the big dog, the Bible says, from top to bottom, it got ripped. It's not by accident God put it there. Those people didn't, it's not a random thing. Those people put it there to tell us. The veil was torn not by man, but by God. God did it, not men. And I believe that the veil means several things. Because if it was ripped from the bottom to top, that means I could have done anything to earn heaven, to go to heaven with my own work. Because it got me from top to bottom, it's a work of grace. God did it. I did not do anything. There's, because it was reached from top to bottom, that, because it was 60 feet, that means a man could not reach that high to read, to read it apart. The Bible said, if you did not know, all our righteousness is like, it's like rags. There's nothing we can offer. There's nothing good inside of us. There's nothing we could have done to which God. God had to come down and die for us. Are you getting this this morning? Because the veil was, was ripped at the top, that's when God did it. There's nothing James has to offer to, to, receive, to receive grace, to receive salvation. God did it. It's nothing I can do to receive that. Somebody say amen. The veil ripped from top to bottom. That means that man cannot save himself. That God has to save him. 
The veil that rips from top to bottom means it's a work of grace, not of the flesh. The veil that's been torn from top to bottom is a supernatural work. It's not natural. The veil that's been, to- that's been torn from top to bottom is a work of mercy because we, we, I'm not that high. I could jump as much as I could. I can ever reach 60 feet high. Somebody say amen. I could not reach it. I don't care how tall if you're the, the tallest basketball player. There's no way you could reach the top to rip it apart. You could not do it. It was a work of mercy. God said, while we are yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. While I was in sin, God came and died for us. There's nothing I could do to receive his mercy. Somebody say amen this morning. While you were still at the club, you still doing everything you were doing. While you were in sin, while you were sleeping around with somebody else's spouse. Christ. Oh, did I say that? Yeah. Christ. While you were still smoking that joint, Christ came and died for you. Christ came and died for you. Somebody say amen. He came and died for you. The veil that's been torn is a symbol of love. It's a symbol of love because I could never reach him. There's nothing. I was doomed to go to hell. I was doomed to live my life away from him. But because he loves me. Because he loves me. The Bible says when Adam fell, you see, God always running after men. When Adam messed up, jacked up, it was the lady's fault. Sorry, Shannon, I'm just kidding. The Bible said when Adam messed up, blew up everything. He know he messed up. He know he jacked up. He know he touched that cookie jar. There was so much proof. He went and hide. And he hears God coming down with his glory. Step out of the portal of glory and looking for Adam. And say, Adam, where are you? Adam, what have you done? Adam, that's not the way it was meant to be. Adam, where are you? I'll build a nice garden for I give you a house, I give you everything you need. Why will you do that to me? That was grace looking for Adam. And that's what the veil is. Is God came down looking for you and I, and He's still looking. For you this morning, if you did not know that, God is walking here. Those people is looking right now, and he's asking you, where are you this morning? I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Where are you this morning? And that's what God, God is always looking for men, not men looking for him. God came down and said, I'm looking for you this morning. Where you at? I want to have relationship with you this morning. Somebody say amen. Oh, he came look for me this morning. He came and looked for me this morning. Did he came and look for you? Somebody say amen. Let's take a five second praise break this morning. He came and looked for me. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He came and looked for me this morning. Hallelujah. We're not, not only the veil that was torn from top to bottom, that means, that means you are not saved by works, but by grace. No one is going to heaven because you're better. There's somebody else. Ooh, you're not better. 
You didn't know that? Because some of you think you're better than everybody else. Let me, let me talk to somebody. You are not better than anybody else. You are not, yeah. You are not that perfect. I didn't talk to nobody. Because I know some of you tell, tell your spouse, I'm better than you, right? Because you're good. You're not going to heaven because you're good. Because you're cool. Because it's, it's God's grace. Somebody say amen. amen. The veil that was torn, that was ripped from top to bottom means something else. And I love this. Oh, I love this. You see, the temple had four major parts. The, Gent- the Gentiles court, the non-Jew court, the outer court. That's where the people used to meet. Remember, I told you they could not go and worship there. They could not worship beyond that veil. It was only the high priest that could go there. And the only time he could go, he could go there once a year to offer sacrifice. It was the only place that every Jewish people, it doesn't matter what nation you were living in, you had to come to Jerusalem to offer sacrifice. Remember that Samaritan chick? He, she's, you remember that girl, that crazy lady? You know, she said, watch this, John 4, John 4 verse 19. She had an attitude. She had an attitude problem. She, was, she, was, she, was, she had an attitude problem. Yeah. She's talking with Jesus. And said, don't answer, sir. Yeah, yeah. Gee, he called him sir. You know, he doesn't know who she's talking to. I can see that you're, you're a prophet. Yeah, I see you got some power. You know some stuff. My ancestors worship on this mountain. She was Samaria. She said, I worship here in this part of town. But you people? Oh! She said, you people? But you Jews? Oh. She said, you people? You think you're better than us. <laughs> you people? You go... <laughs> She had an attitude, but you people, you think the only place to worship, it was in your crib in Jerusalem. Like us, we're the losers. We don't have access to God. In fact, the Jewish people told those people they're dogs because they, was mi- they were mixed. The Jewish people tell them, you guys, are, you guys are, have a fake temple. This, you, the place is not legit. We got the legit place. So... You have a copycat there, so God's not going to listen to you. And that's what she's trying to tell Jesus. And Jesus said, if you watch the, 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 the phrase, the conversation, Jesus did not rebuke her. Jesus did not say, you are wrong. You are wrong. You can worship me. You can worship God everywhere. Jesus, the conversation stopped. But Jesus said something else. He said, I know what you say is. He's right. But he said, the hour, but there'll be an hour. No longer you have to worship in one place. You can worship in spirit everywhere. Jesus said, this hour, he was talking about a specific time. So when the veil was torn, because that's where those guys used to worship God. So when God told Avel, God said, I'm leaving the building. No longer you have to come to me. <laughs> I'm coming to you. Doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in Africa, Haiti, wherever you are. It doesn't if you're an African eating rats or the Chinese, the church, the persecuted church that's worshiping God in a cave trying to hide for their life. It doesn't matter if they have no equipment, no chair to sit, no mic, no light, wherever they are. If two or three gather 
in the midst of them. I will be in the middle of them. You don't have to be, you don't have to come to church. Anywhere you are, you can worship him. Anywhere you are, you can worship him. I can be in the car driving and I put a CD and I can feel his presence because no longer I have to go to Jerusalem to go worship him. Wherever I'm at, Jesus can be with me. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen this morning. Jesus said the hour has come. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't, have to, you don't need a priest. You don't need sacrifice. You don't need anything else. I can be with you. And you can, and you can worship me. You know, the, the big buzz word right now is decentralized. The people who do crypto, we know what that means. Everything's decentralized. That's been, the bank doesn't have to be in one place. Everybody can do transaction anywhere. Like a bank, you don't have to go... Like Bank of America, the headquarter is, is in New York, but my bank is in Athens. They have branches all over the place. And the manager that can make decisions doesn't have to call home office to get uh, an answer. He can make that decision. It is the same thing with God. God becomes decentralized, not in one place. He's everywhere. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Not only that, the veil that was torn from top to bottom, it means the separation between God and men was no longer there. He said, he said, you can come boldly before me. I don't need a priest to go pray for me. I can pray to God by myself. Not only that, I saw that. Jesus was praying at Mount Calvary. And something was happening at the temple. Jesus prayed to God on the left side of town, and a reaction is happening on the other side of town. You getting this? Jesus was praying on that side, but something was happening on that side. Because of his death, I don't need to go to the hospital to pray for somebody. I don't need to pray for that child. I don't need to see that child who has run away from God for me to put hands on them to pray for them. I can sit here all the way here in Tokoa and pray for somebody on the other side of town. I can stand here and pray for somebody who's all the way on the other side of the world and I pray for them and that prayer works. I was reading a story a couple weeks ago. A preacher, he was telling a story. He said he was in Manhattan and was doing some stupid things with a bunch of friends running around in Manhattan. He left town at spring break. True story. And then, you know, Manhattan, New York, it's no joke. I got chased there a couple of times. <laughs> I love you, New York. I'm that good. <laughs> um, but New York is no joke. So he was 2, two 3 o'clock running around. And then he got robbed, and a guy grabbed him by his throat, grabbed him by his throat and pulled a knife ready to cut his throat. And he knew he was a preacher's kid. He knew that's it. And he said instantly the guy dropped the knife and ran. Dude thought it was luck. So when he came back home in his little small town, this is why I love the Pentecostal people. Hallelujah. <laughs> He said his mom was sleeping. 
In the middle of the night, his mom said, what happened to you in New York? When he got home, mom said, what happened in New York? He said, uh, uh, uh. mom said, what happened in New York? He said, well, mom, I almost got killed. Somebody pulled a knife on me to almost cut my throat. And the mom laughed. She said, son, you did not know. But while I was sleeping, around 2 o'clock in the morning, somebody, I got up, somebody moved me and said, stop praying for you. He said, at that moment, I stopped praying. I didn't even know what to say, but something came inside of me. I started talking a different language. Hallelujah. And he said, at that moment, and he said, and he said, what time was it? She said, it was at that moment when I was praying. Trust me, it wasn't by accident that the enemy dropped that knife. It was because of that mother praying 300 miles away. And because of her prayer, God answered that prayer. Let me tell, because of what Jesus has done, there's no limit, there's no distance, there's no mile, there's no mileage, there's no barrier. There's nothing that can stop our prayer. Somebody say amen. Nothing can stop our prayer this morning. If you have somebody at the hospital, if you cannot make it, just raise your hand and pray for them and pray for them and pray for them. Somebody say amen this morning. Somebody say amen this morning. There's no, there's no distance with prayer. There's no limit with prayer. Number three, it says, it says, when he prayed that prayer, earthquake happened. But pay attention to that, the way the Bible describes it. I love the Holy Spirit. Watch this. It says, earthquake happened. Earthquakes are coming. They are very destructive. But when I read this passage, what makes this thing so interesting when I was reading it? It wasn't an average earthquake. It says, this is what it says. You have to put the first verse. Put the first verse for me. Go back to the first verse. I, I, I want you guys to read this. Um, um, verse 51. Um, it said, earthquake happened. It says, put the whole passage. Put, put the whole passage. I got, I got to show you guys this. Um, okay, okay, yes. Watch this. When the earthquake happened, the veil thorn got ripped up, top from the bottom, the earth shook. This is what he says here. You're talking about that was massive. Even the rock that was on top. You see, those people's not lying. When God put it there, there's a reason he put it there. The rock split. You have the next one? The rock split. The tombs broke open. <laughs> that tells me it was not an easy earthquake. It was a higher scale earthquake. If the crack, the, the, the rock split, that means it was powerful. It means it was a very powerful earthquake. Because the rock, even the rock was splitting. But there's something there also. If it was such a big earthquake like that, common sense tells me you're going to love this because I, I start running at my house, you know, doing my dance because I, I, don't, I don't dance here. I dance like that in my, in my office too, you know, because God is so good. <laughs> it's just a reflection of who I am. Trust me. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not apologize for that. But watch this. Let's get back to the sermon. It was a massive earthquake. The rock split. But the Bible never said, common sense would tell me, 
The crosses, can you imagine this? Common sense will say, the three crosses were not displaced. You just missed that. You just missed that. Let me say that again. Press play. The three crosses were not displaced. Common sense tell me they remain undisturbed, all the three crosses, even with such a massive earthquake. The thief crosses then fall. The good thief and the bad thief, they all stood there. Not only that, Jesus' cross did not fall. And I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you why. It nothing happened, it's because of who that was in the middle. You just missed this. Those thieves, the cross did not fell down, it's because the cross of Jesus was in the middle. Let me say that again. None of those crosses fell down, it's because the cross was in the middle. Yes, you will go through stuff. You're going to experience pain. Things are going to fall around around you. Things are going to fall apart. But if Jesus is in the middle of your life, you will survive. You will survive. Let me go ahead and say it. Let me go ahead and tell the Christianity, the modern day Christianity, who doesn't preach about the cross? Let the world know. Let me tell you right now, a, a church without the cross is a dead church. Let me say that again. A church that doesn't speak about the blood is a dead church. A theology without the cross is a dead theology. A bloodless church is just a, simply a club where a bunch of Christian fat cat come to a country club singing about a God that they will never see. Singing about a heaven that they will not go in because there's no blood. There's no blood. There's no blood. There's no blood. Paul said, I don't push anything else but the cross of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. The cross is the gospel. The cross is the gospel. The cross is the gospel. The cross is the, is the gospel. Somebody say amen this morning. For the message of the cross, this is what Paul said, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is God's power to us who have been saved. Somebody say amen. I was reading that story a couple of weeks this week. Uh, you know the, 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 uh, the tsunami that happened in 2014, I think 2004. And there's a story in it. There's a story I read this last night. There's a lady, she, her name is Milawiti. They said when the, when the earthquake happened, and when the tsunami happened, it destroyed 100,000 people died. 100,000 people died. It was massive. And story said that lady, when the water came in, she ran, she found a tree. And she hold the tree. And the water was destroying everything. 
destroy everything. And she said, for four days, she hold to a palm tree. She did not let go. <laughs> she did not let go. She did not let go. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something this morning. Let me tell you this morning. If things is falling apart in your life, if everything is destroying this chaos over your life, hold on to the cross. Hold on to your Savior this morning. If you're with the Savior, you can face any problem. Hold on to the cross this morning. America, hold on to the cross. American church, the American church, hold on to the cross this morning. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through this morning, somebody say amen. Whatever you're going through this morning, hold on to the cross this morning. Hold on to the, hold on to the cross this morning. There's a, there's a song we used to sing. I don't know if you know that song, but I, I love it. Let's sing it. My hope is built Jesus Christ, righteousness. I dare to trust the sweetest friend, but holyly on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is seeking sin, all other ground is seeking sin. There's one more, there's one verse, there's the last one. This is what it says. He says, when darkness, when darkness veils his lovely face, I'll rest upon his changing grace. And every high and stormy day, because the storm is going to come. Amen. The storm is going to come. You didn't know that? Because life's going to smack you in the mouth one day. Yeah. You're going to go to college. People are going to say, God doesn't exist. Because that's what they're going to tell you, kids. Right. Hollywood's going to tell you, this is no joke. The modern day church says, the cross is not fun. It's bloody. Don't talk about it. Because it offends people. It tells you a sinner that you need a savior. Because it's the last day. But if we hold on to the cross this morning, church, hold on to the cross this morning. Hold on to the cross. Whatever life, whatever things, whatever it's sickness, whatever it is that the enemy has bring you, what can it separate us from the love of God? Nothing. And that's his love for us this morning. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. Hold on to the cross this morning. Father, you can come. He can come. Hallelujah. Not only that, the Bible says, the Bible says, the, the grave were open. The grave got open. And I love this. He says, the bodies of many who were dead at his death, even before his resurrection, because they're his death was his, his lowest point. If we say that, death is usually the lowest point of, of men. Even his lowest point, people walk out the grave. You know, one thing I love about the Bible, God loves to give us prequels. God, I think God is a great movie producer. He's better than every movie producer, right? He's, God gives us prequels sometimes to give us a vision of what's going to happen in the future. For instance, Adam and Eve, they sin. God kill an animal to redeem them. 
He's preaching the gospel there, right? You see how God's telling about Jesus. Abraham had only one son. The Bible says, God said to give, it, to give him to him, his only son, which is a picture of Jesus. In the book of Exodus, he says, when the death is passing you by, put the blood over your doorpost, and death will pass by. It will not touch you. It's just a prequel of what God is going to do 2,000 years later. But there's a story in the Bible. It's another resurrection story. Remember, his death brought those people to life. There's a story in the Bible. It's about Elisha. You know, he prayed to God. He said, God, I want double portion. You're going to love this prayer, warriors. Listen to this. This is for you. People who was in the prayer. Elisha died, but he prayed that last promise didn't happen. That's not part of my sermon. I just wanted to throw that there because we were praying people. He died and he did not see the promise. He was a dead man. But God answered that prayer because another dead person rose up when they threw that guy. What does that tell you, parents? What does that tell me? What does that tell you guys? One day I may not be here. One day I may not be here for my kids. One day I may not be here. I'll probably be long gone. But because of my prayer, every day I'm praying for them. God doesn't miss those prayers. Parents, if that's one thing I want to tell you today. I don't know why I want to say this, but some of you are hurting because of your kids. They run away from God. And I want to tell you this morning, if you pray, God will answer those prayers. Oh, God will answer those prayers. Let me say this again. That kid who was run away, you may, you may not be here in your absence. You long time go. You long time gone. Nobody knows you. You're dead. But your prayers, God answered the prayer of Elijah. But that's not my sermon. I wanted to tell you this. And God answered the prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Not because, because he didn't have nothing to prove. Think about that. God didn't have nothing to prove. Elisha was dead. But God is such a faithful God. <laughs> oh, I'm about to go crazy this morning. Oh, do you catch this? He's such a faithful God. He didn't answer, did answer that prayer because of Elijah. He answered that prayer because of, of who he is. Are you getting this this morning? If you catch this thing. Oh, I feel like praying right now for my kids. Take, let's take 10 seconds. Let's pray for our kids. Let's put some prayer in and uh, and reserve in the bank right now. There was your hand. In 10 seconds. Father, right now, I pray for my kids. I pray for my girls, oh God. I pray for them right now. Jesus, come on, call your kids' name right now. Call your kids' name right now. If they don't know Jesus, call, right now, Jesus, I pray for my kids. I'm putting some prayer and reservation right now. I pray for them. I pray for my kids. I pray for my children. Even when I'm not there, Lord, put the right people in their life. Put the right people in Asher's life. Put the right people in my kids' life right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, you know, in my culture, in my culture, you know, in the Middle East, you know, they carry dead people on their shoulder. You know, right? 
She's from Lebanon. She know that. We carry dead people, on, and sometimes African people dance. Well, they make those crazy dogs. <laughs> the crazy African people, right? <laughs> the Bible says they were carrying that guy, probably dancing, they're making noise. Hey, so and so gone, so and so gone. You know, they're dancing, they're ready to put him in a place for him. But the scripture said, when they saw the Moabites, they were a bunch of criminals. Those guys, they said, you don't worth that much. I'm going to save my own life. So they toss the dead body into a random grave because they toss him because he was inconvenient. They toss him. They didn't even honor him because he was no value. They toss him because he could not do anything for them. They toss him away in the trash because he was a trash on empty grave. They toss him away because he was no good. And when they throw him away, he fell on Elisha's boots. And he got up. I'm pretty sure that guy said, Thank you for throwing me away. Because if you did not throw me away, I will not experience the power of resurrection. If you have experienced any rejection this morning, if somebody has abandoned you, if a spouse has walked away from you, if your life has fallen apart, they have thrown you away. I've been thrown away before. I've been thrown away. But when I was thrown away, it's not who threw you away, it's not when you're thrown away, it's who, when, you, when you've been thrown away, who, where do you fell at? When I, got, when I got thrown away, I fell on Jesus. If you've been rejected this morning, I want to tell you, you're a candidate for his power, for his restaurant power. Let's get up on our feet this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.